Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. So where do I start? This conversation that I had today was probably one of the most insightful conversations I've ever had in my life. Like I literally just sat there talking to Kathy and listening to Kathy like with my mouth open like a child just like taking in this information and just feeling this kind of overwhelming feeling of I I need to try this um and it was just a really really interesting conversation so anyway to introduce um in this episode I talked to Dr Kathy Scanlon so Kathy Scanlon is a breathwork coach which is not just your average breathwork coach. Her background is actually in neuroscience, psychology and engineering. She holds a PhD um, in neurology and she has spent years in that scientific field before making the career change into becoming a breathwork coach. So we spend a good bit of time talking about her journey, what got her from neuroscientist to breathwork coach and we talk a good bit about then career changes because obviously I've experienced my own career changes so we talk a little bit about that and about listening to your true self and um, not being afraid to make decisions when they feel right um, in that situation as well as that then we talk we we like dig deep into her area of expertise now which is active breath work so we talk about the science of active active breath work we talk about the experience what it is that you actually do and the benefits that you experience from it and active breath work is very different to kind of meditation breath work that you know that you might do at the end of a yoga class or you know if you're doing a mindfulness meditation this is very different it's much more obviously active um exercise but it's a completely different experience and she talks a little bit how it um kind of coincides with like a psychedelic experience some people can have it they can have really kind of spiritual awakenings but we talk a lot then about like spirituality versus brain science which I find fascinating because I just think it's the exact same thing and like when we're talking about you know our true self or our soul or you know we talk about our soul we talk about spirituality and then people are talking about different areas of the brain and you know different systems in the body I think we're talking about the same thing but we're just putting different labels on it so it was really fascinating to talk to a scientist who has experience in both and how we can tie that together. So just absolutely fascinating. Then we also talk a good bit about, I like, I talk a little bit about my own anxiety and my fears of doing this kind of active breath work and how I would be afraid that it could trigger um, some panic attacks, you know, or, you know, trigger stuff from the past. And she talks about how this breath work can really help kind of, you know, tap into things that you need to release and it can be a real kind of therapeutic experience. So we get we kind of dig deep into all of that. Like I'm absolutely fascinated. I'm signing up with her because I need to find out what is going on with this. Um, I've already got her roped in for a part two. So I'm going to go try this breath work and we're going to do a part two. So anyway, enjoy part one and I hope you get as much from it as I did. So enjoy. welcome thanks Kate for having me I'm so excited to chat to you today I have so many questions probably those are really stupid questions but like as I say there's never a stupid question <laughs> no that's perfect and you know, a lot of people probably wouldn't have heard of breathwork before so that's perfect such an interesting topic but I suppose before we get into actually the, to the topic of breathwork mm. you want to give us a little bit of your background because I know you are technically you are Dr. Kathy Scanlon you have a PhD that's correct 
I so do. you have a journey from neuro neuroscience to breathwork coach. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of things in between, actually. Yeah. But um, yes, I um, originally uh, did engineering in college, worked as an engineer for a little bit. I was like, this is not for me. Went back and did um, a PhD in neuroscience with an engineering slant. So my um, my research specialty was in neuroimaging, so brain imaging, like MRIs and um you know, I worked in, in neurology for years and then psychiatry for a number of years and was really just researching the brain and figuring out what is going on in the brain in these disorders and what's happening over time um, for all sorts of reasons. So I did that for about eight years. Um, so I did my PhD in Dublin and then I moved to San Francisco uh, and worked there for a few years doing my postdoc and I came back and worked in Galway and then I moved to London and then um, I left basically, because I, I took years and years of trying to figure out how to be able to do this job. Um, and I know that I couldn't do, I was actually really good at my job. I've got of publications and um, uh, I just didn't fit in that job. I think when I look back now, um, it wasn't a perfect fit for me. I really enjoy science, but I found the academia in general just being so overwhelmingly stressful um the competition was ridiculous the pay is shit and there's just a lot of things like that that ended up adding to my anxiety and I I started feeling really anxious um when I was around 27 I was trying to finish my PhD and I was you know moved to San Francisco doing this full-time job at the same time and I didn't know what was happening I was feeling out of control I was feeling overwhelmed I didn't know how to cope and that's when that kind of started and then I because of that, I went on this kind of self-exploration of understanding myself and, and, and my stress levels, and my anxiety and trying all these things. And, you know, I, when I left, I'd moved to London to, um, cause I was like, okay, I'm going to go to London. I'm going to go to this amazing research center, the best in Europe in what I do, and that's going to fix everything. And then I got there going, no, I, I, I don't like this. I can't do it. Um, I was just stressed all the time and I quit. Like I gave myself about two months to save every penny I could to pay my rent for a few months and then I quit and I just I didn't know what I was going to do but I felt so free I'd been doing this for eight years I was on this track of academia and professorship and I was just like what am I doing I I'm doing all this for for what because I I because I said I should eight years ago um and then everything changed after that I started listening to myself more I didn't even know what that meant listening to myself what do I actually want because you kind of pick something and you get on a track and then that's kind of it forever for a lot of people which obviously suits a lot of people but for me I realized I was on the right wrong track for quite a while and um, yeah eventually I discovered breathwork but I did everything in between I did um, you know meditation like you know got really into meditation did silent meditation retreat for 10 days I did every kind of spiritual course and all these these things to find myself I did therapy for, year, for years which was amazing and when I discovered breathwork I was like what is this magic and I need to learn more and eventually I trained in it so here I am <laughs> that's amazing and there's just there's so much that I can relate to in this. Now, any of my listeners will know, so I won't go on too much about my story. But uh, like like you, I went like straight into, from school into college, became a yeah. teacher. 
And not, like, obviously it's a much shorter story. I became a teacher, stayed in teaching for like 15 years. But like that. Oh, that's a long story. <laughs> before I realized, oh my God, what am I doing? But um, I had three kids as well, which kind of, you know, slowed mm. things down a little bit. But kind of worked my way up in school, beca- like um, got onto the school board of management and everything. And I, like, mm. like that, I kind of thought every step I took was going to just make me feel a little bit more fulfilled. But yeah. it didn't. And it just mm. kind of added to my stress. And it's when I look back now, it's like it was back as early as college that I was like, there's something not right here. It was nearly mm. like there was parts of it I just didn't understand. It, it wasn't clicking with me. Yeah. Like certain parts of like, you know, some of the topics we were doing in education, like like when you do um primary school teaching, you have to do an academic subject to arts degree level. So I did history mm. and both history and education. And my favorite time in college was working on my history essays. Not on yeah. any of the education stuff like that. Should have told you already, but you know, um, and you're, I, all, you're also still in education, which is so interesting. So sometimes it's just a different slant because, like, even I'm a breathwork coach, but I like talking about the science of breathwork yeah. and things like that. But it's just it, we change as people, and it's crazy yeah. to be like at 17, choose, and then that's for forever. Yeah. And it's not that when I look back, I don't think, and I thought for a while, I was like, okay, maybe. I shouldn't have done gone into that area but I don't think that's true and I look back now that was really great at the time and it was exactly what I wanted to do but I changed and I think that's the problem is you you shift and you change and and you know honoring that and listening to yourself and I think that's the biggest click I got from a lot of the work self-work I did was how to listen to yourself because I think we just don't really understand what that means like we feel anxious or we feel not in control and but that's a kind of a sign that something's not right but can we tap into an area of ourselves that actually knows and being like okay like I do breath work a lot when even for my business I'm like okay I think I was doing a lot of corporate stuff for a while and then I kind of realized that wasn't really suiting me either and then going okay you know what I need to stop saying yes to corporate stuff and you know just little things like that of listening to yourself and guiding your business or your goals or your dreams or your family or anything around not a decision you made five years ago you can change (laughs) yeah and it's it's the more people I'm talking to the more I'm realizing people are starting to do this and I genuinely believed like I was like no I'm after putting all this work in I'm after putting all this time in I'm a teacher I didn't I never hated it like you said it was you know I always loved kind of being in the classroom with the kids um but at the same time, I didn't get like my mom was a teacher and she used to just make it look so easy. And mm. um, I used to get exhausted. And then when I had my own kids at home, it was like it was but it was kind of nearly seeing double exhausted. I didn't have any energy left to do any type of self-reflection, any mm-hmm. type of creative thought at all. It was literally survival mode. And I was just yes. kind of dragged around in this routine of my life, which was fine. It was comfortable. It was good hours. You know, it was easy to raise my kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have enough money to be able to pay your mortgage and, you know, live your life. But it was exhausting me. And it, I, mm. it took until everything stopped in lockdown to actually have the time to really uh, about that. And you know what? And I think that can be the biggest problem a lot of times is, you know, we're making money, we've got our mortgage, we've got like, it's so hard to make a change when everything is, you know, 60% okay, or 70% okay. It's like, it's so hard to just go, okay, I'm going to change everything. Like that's scary. And, you know, oftentimes, it's not until we change or something happens that we start to realize this. And, you know, often, like I had that for years, I had years of uncertainty. But I'm really glad I didn't just leave on the first sign of uncertainty because I literally stayed and stayed and tried different things and moved to different labs. 
until I got to the stage, okay, I get it. I'm, this is not for me. I'm done. So I don't look back and go, God, I should have left four years earlier than that. I really don't. I'm actually, I'm really glad I stayed a better dead horse until I was really sure. So I think a lot of people who, who you know, do breathwork with me often talk about that being like, oh, I really should make the decision. I don't know what to, well, I was like, well, you don't know yet. It's okay to just continue what you're doing until you have, until until you you have more information. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And no, no experience is wasted as well. And I think you're yeah. so right. I think probably the younger generation, I always feel like I sound really old and I say, <laughs> the younger, right. you know, our age group, we're better at, you know, st- we, like the value of hard work nearly to our detriment that it's like, you know, you mm. have to work hard, you know, you don't quit at things and you just keep going yeah. and, you know, um, and it's, it's really valued. Whereas younger people now, it's like, they're much more in tune with what mm-hmm. you know of do following their purpose I suppose it's probably the age of information and everything we didn't have that kind of information when we were growing up whereas they're much more yeah I, I don't think they're as resilient to adversity though so I think they chop and change mm. um, yes. and I think there is a certain way too far in one direction yeah, yeah. You know, something to really get your experience get what you need out of it and then having that self-reflection to to look inward and be like okay now's time to move on and it's funny something has switched in me where now I can mm. make that I make it really big decisions really easily now and I can't put my finger on it but mm. it's like I'm listening to my gut and like as I'm not that like the only major changes I've made in my life in recent years is first of all yeah, getting into fitness so I train regularly I get yes. out walking regularly I've become a lot more mindful over the years I've gotten into yoga now I haven't done any type of yoga teacher training like I go mm. to yoga classes, but at the minute, because I'm so crazy busy, that is infrequent at best as well. But I do a little bit of guided meditation at home um, that kind of stuff. And I think I've just learned how to tune in with myself a little bit. But and, I feel like yeah. I'm only tipping the iceberg. Like I'm so exactly. excited. I need more time to kind of tap in. Oh, That's why I'm so interested in your your. Well, do you know what? But it's really interesting you say this because... I, I do feel, and again, I work with a lot of people who are in these big transition periods. And when you're doing something or in and you know, it often comes down to work, but it can be relationships, all sorts of things. And you're pushing against what your body and your, you know, spirit or whatever you want to might want to call it actually wants, you know, you're mistrusting yourself completely. So you probably spent years not trusting your gut and intuition because you're trying to force it in one direction. And I feel like even from like a brain perspective, when we start doing something that the body and the mind wants or likes, it's like we're giving it information. We're giving it information, being like, hey, yeah, we're li- I'm listening to you. Or, or, you know, being, hey, we made that big decision, you know, last month and that worked out really well. So maybe I can make my own decisions. So we get better at listening to ourselves, making decisions, these gut. So we start trusting our gut, trusting our instincts, because, you know, the brain's getting this feedback loop of like, oh, the last time we kind of did that and worked out so we start kind of building this confidence in ourselves um you know through and I no doubt exercise constantly really helpful in that way as well so I think it kind of comes from these different angles of just learning how to trust ourselves which is yeah. I think a lot of our problem building the evidence and I do think exercise yeah. originally for me before yes. I made any life changes it was building that trust in myself and in my body and the discipline yes. Which, and that was something I needed to build from someone like in my early 20s who suffered with really bad chronic anxiety. Mm. Um, it I didn't trust myself 
for a long time that I didn't trust my own strength I didn't you know and I think that's what I built from fitness and that's why fitness changed my life and then as I started Mm. to be able to do things and I really kind of got really into fitness through CrossFit which is you know like literally what I loved about CrossFit it it was very much about what I could do and not what I looked Mm. like so Mm. I always been in and out of gyms and just been really self-conscious and not really sure what I was doing and comparing myself to others whereas here it's like you get in you leave your ego at the door and you just kind of get better each week and I just learned so much about myself like because I was always I always led lived my life led by fear Mm-hmm. And then I learned to kind of let go and be like, oh, like I actually can do this. I can jump on this box. I can hang from this bar. Yes. I can. Like, what else can I do? And that, mm-hmm. it just it literally just compounded over time. Amazing. And I think that's like that's absolutely it. It's this, you know. I know I was exactly the same. Sounds really familiar to me. And just this idea of living from fear. And I definitely had this moment before I left my academic career where I was like is this it? Is this it? Is this the rest of my life living in fear of myself or fear of other people or other people's expectations? And it was, I just kind of got to a stage where I'm like, is this it? But also like, you know, can I live like this forever? Is this, is this what it's going to be like? And I'm just like, no, I don't want to live from fear. And that was my biggest motivator. I was like, I, this needs to stop. I need to figure this out. How do I stop being fearful all the time? And that was really the start of that whole journey where, you know, of course I'm fearful sometimes, but I'm a lot more aware of it. And I definitely have techniques to help me when that comes back as well. And being able to say as well, a big thing for me was like, what is the worst that's going to happen? If I'm talking about my career change, let's say my business doesn't work out, you know, I end up hate, like for a fear, I was afraid I'd get sick of it and I wouldn't like doing it anymore. Things like that. Experience of, you know, trying things and pushing forward with education and then Mm -hmm. being like, this doesn't feel right. I don't like it. Whereas like, I'm, you know, I'm loving what I'm doing, but I think there's still a little fear in me where I'm like, what if I get sick of it? But then yeah. this is the point where you say that like, you know, nothing that none of your experiences are wasted. Nobody no. can take away your education. No one can take away your experience. No one can take away your qualifications. And it's mm-hmm. all part of you as you move mm-hmm. forward. So you're never going back. But as you move forward, if you need to branch out and use those qualifications, mm-hmm. and then we're there. that experience yeah. is there. And if, if it's not we stop looking at it as jumping off a cliff but that we're just going on a path this is where yeah. we were like we could go on a path that will lead us back in that direction or it could just maybe like but also if I moved somewhere else like maybe that's okay like and I think the biggest issue can be when we let's say make a decision to start this business and then be like okay but I have to do this forever like then we're stuck into the have to's and the shoulds yeah. again and then we're going to create a business that we never wanted in the first place because oh, I have to do this and I have to do this. And I, suddenly you're like, what? <laughs> Whereas we start listening to ourselves, it's quite interesting what can evolve. And yeah, maybe maybe it'll be something completely different in 10 years. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll open a coffee shop in 10 years time and maybe that's OK, too. You know, yeah. like but if we listen to ourselves and go with that instinct enough I think we can generally yeah exactly follow that meandering path and maybe that makes for a more interesting life as well (laughs) yeah no to me it is the most exciting thing it's just like lit this kind of spark in me for life that I never had before and you know I still have those anxious kind of feelings will come up every now and again but now I feel like I'm able to talk to myself 
and be like, no, this is okay. Lean into it. Trust it. It's okay to be afraid. Mm. It's it's not to let it control you. And then the excitement, because sometimes that fear and excitement can kind of feel the same. And, and that's okay, because yeah. sometimes that idea of scary but exciting, I love that. Like, does it feel scary, but is it exciting to you? And then not just pushing yourself out of your boundary, your your comfort zone, and that's okay. But yeah. if it feels scary and you don't want to do it and everything about it feels horrible and exhausting, then maybe that's not for you. Yeah, that's exactly. Okay. And, yeah, really just taking that time to listen and and that is so true for any of my listeners that are kind of you know listen are trying to make health changes you know so in relation to diet and to to fitness that the same thing applies that you know it's okay to feel you're supposed to feel a little bit uncomfortable it's to be a little bit scary but it's also exciting and as you build that evidence that you can do this um you'll be able to do more but it's if you take on too much and it gets to that overwhelming stage and then you're like Mm. I hate this I can't do it back to square one so that's where we need to get the balance with that Mm. What I wanted to go into here now then is obviously mm. getting to that self-reflection because for me yeah. that took until I was 30, well, 33 probably. Oh my <laughs> you gosh, know? I think that was around me as well. I was like, I think I left academia around 32 and that was like the start of that, I'm 41 now. So that was, <laughs> maybe there's like that age age range. I think we often yeah. stop and reflect and go, what am, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. Is it, yeah, something to do with it. You, you know more the development of the brain when you get to your early 30s or something as well, you know that. Um, but I think yeah. as well, a lot had to play part. Like I had my first child at 23. So it, mm. I think my 20s were took a little bit of a different path than I'd originally planned probably so it you know th- there was a lot of looking after others and kind of figuring myself yeah out well, which which needed to be done um but I wanted to talk I want to get into this whole um topic of breathwork which is yeah. going to obviously take up the bulk of our conversation because this is what you do so like my experience of breathwork is not mm. at, like I've listened to a few podcasts and um, that you have done in the past and you you do active breath work so the only experience I have of breath work is at the end of a yoga class you know kind of meditation style breath work I had a fantastic yoga teacher a few years ago um and she was very much into kind of you know three three phase breaths you know where you kind of breathe Mm. the chest down to the stomach doing a bit of breath holds that kind of stuff some of that that energizing breaths you know she had and she worked with kids as well she did kind of animal breaths like you know she had like rabbit breaths and all these kind of different (laughs) things it was I did it through teaching like but it was really cool so I have a little bit of experience Mm. there but from what I've heard what you do is like a whole different level so please tell tell us a bit about what you do okay um all right how do I where do I start okay so I ended up in Costa Rica about six years ago, six or seven years ago, um, bizarrely just, you know, through a friend and just ended up there. I was working part time remotely and I ended up just over there. Um, this was at a ayahuasca retreat center, right? So ayahuasca is this like really intense psychedelic, which is used for a healing purposes and self-reflection and things like this. So, you know, you can hear about like mushrooms in this way. And I know you're probably like, why, why are we talking about this? So, you know, that's where I ended up, right? I ended up there for about six months, you know, just somehow. Anyway, that's another story. At this place, they used to do, you go and do ayahuasca because let's say you want to just really get to know yourself better or you want to move through some kind of, you know, you want to do some healing in some way, like whether it's physical or emotional, um, you know, people go and take plant, plant, these plant medicines. So I ended up at this place and I was too scared to do the ayahuasca because I was like, no, thank you. That sounds terrifying. It's a really intense psychedelic experience. But they also did breath work. So when you go to this place, you go for, you think you do, 
four nights of ayahuasca and you do three nights of rhetoric. So I was I kind of working at this place on something completely different, nothing to do with ayahuasca, but they happened to do that there. So I started doing breathwork. And breathwork is kind of similar to taking hallucinogenics, right? So it's kind of similar to taking ayahuasca or plant medicine. This is weird, but it's true just from your own breathing. So after a little bit of time, I did take the ayahuasca. We can talk about that later. But what still blows my mind is the insights and clarities and emotional releases I was getting from doing breathing was not that different from the ayahuasca. No, it was different in the way like you're really having a trip. It's a completely different experience. But you can have a kind of similar-ish experience or like a smaller experience that's really similar through breath. So this is why when... I started doing breath work. I was just so shocked because you do a particular breathing style we can talk about and you do it for about half an hour. So you're breathing quite heavily um, for half an hour and you start to feel a little fuzzy. You start to feel a little trippy. You start to feel sensations. You start to feel a bit buzzy. And what can happen after that is all sorts of things. Um, this type of breathing is really good at connecting us to our subconscious mind. And also to stuck emotions, emotions that are held in the body. So this can be from past experiences. I mean, for me, when I started doing this rhetoric, I went every week diligently. I loved it. So I turned up every week. I would lie down. I would start the breathing. And about 10, 15 minutes in, I would literally start crying. I would just start bawling, crying. And I'm not like a real typical crier. So I would just start crying. Like, what is going on? And it just felt like over time and over many weeks was just releasing all this tension and have tos and shoulds and all that experience of you know that you know first 10-15 years of my adulthood of just being like oh shit I have to do this and I have to do this and all all the academic you know experience just was just built up in my body in this tension I would just go to this breathwork and just start crying but it tends to bring up all sorts of emotions we may be holding on to so even just from your daily week like if we're just feeling really angry or annoyed or frustrated with family or anything you can go into breath work and you know do the breathing and that will kind of come up so we can feel the frustration allow the anger to be here or what anger often masks is some kind of insecurity or sadness or um loss of control or anything like that so we can go into breath work kind of what they might call like a bit of an altered state of consciousness so you're not you're seeing yourself and your experiences from a slightly different angle again it sounds kind of strange but you can go, oh gosh, I'm just worried about this big move coming up. That's why I'm so ratty with everyone. You have these kind of clarities and insights. So that's the type of breathwork I did in Costa Rica was called transformational breathwork. And then I moved to New York after that and I went and studied a different type of breathwork. It's quite similar. I mean, all these types of breathwork are quite similar. They're just a different, slightly different pattern. But the main aspect from a physiological point of view is that you're breathing in more than you normally do and you're breathing in for longer than you breathe out that's kind of breaking it down to um what this kind of active style of breath work is now what you would just like i know you were talking about kind of different things you would do at the end of yoga a lot of people's experience of breath work is kind of more slow breathing which is so good for you like amazing for your health mental and physical but it's like a slowing down the nervous system calming the nervous system this active style of breathwork is kind of doing the opposite. It's kind of increasing um, our nervous system, kind of activating it, activating energy in the body. But we tend to tap into these places. So a lot of people will kind of describe, and I would have described this when I started doing it, it's like 
going in and breathing and like you came out of therapy session you just feel light and you feel you know like you've released a lot of stuff but you're also learning a lot about yourself so I would often journal after I do breath work to understand the experience I just had um so yeah that's kind of the general idea of what breath work is you can ask me more questions <laughs> oh my god I like I have so many questions oh my god okay first of all I feel like oh my god I need this type of experience in my life yeah. but second of all I'm like I'm terrified yes I understand okay let's talk about that because I think one of the reasons I never wanted to try breath work before uh, before I went to Costa Rica was I had only heard of a type of breathwork called holotropic breathwork which was developed by not developed I guess found founded in some way by this guy called Stan Groff in the 60s now this type of breathwork has been happening for thousands of years in the east you know originating likely in India um, but you know the holotropic breathwork that Stan Groff kind of brought to the west was like he used to be an LSD research or who and he was a psychiatrist who used to give his patients LSD for healing purposes. And it was really, really effective. Um, and then they banned that. So he started doing holotropic breathwork with people. So my only understanding was holotropic breathwork when you go and do this type of breathing for hours on end and you have these people are wailing around you and it's like really kind of traumatizing even to think about it. Now, the type, the reason I teach the type of breathwork I teach is because it's not that. It's not just sitting down and meditating. It's somewhere kind of in between. It's your own breath. So you can go as slowly as possible. So you can have a little experience of feeling relaxed at the end of it. You don't have to have these big, crazy experiences unless you want to. So if you want to have a bigger, a bigger experience and go deeper, you know, I'll go in going, oh, I've been feeling really ratty this week. I'm just, I really want to go deep and I want to have all this, you know, emotional experience. I want to have this psychedelic experience and you'll go for it whereas you're feeling nervous then your body's just not going to do that you're probably just going to breathe kind of a little bit and not do it that much and that's okay too so often I explain to people when they come into class with me it's much shorter that you know look if you're feeling particularly anxious today just go really slow sometimes your body just needs to get used to what this breath is Whereas I, the way I had heard about breathwork before, I really was this all or nothing thing. You know, go for a whole weekend and you lose your shit or you don't go. Whereas I really wanted to bring something to people that was a little gentler. And even the style that I teach would be described as a little more of a feminine approach to it. So it's, a, it's not fast. It's like, ah, 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 ah. Whereas holotropic breathwork would be described as breathe as fast and deep as you can. <laughs> it's like, that's yeah. quite, that's quite scary. So I, I have people often come to me and just do it very mildly for the first few times, just to, you might feel a little tingling. You may feel a little lightheaded. You'll definitely feel relaxed by the end, but then you may feel a little more comfortable to go a little further into it. So, so that's important to know that there is a middle ground if someone wants to try this without having a super big experience. Um, and a lot of people come and they don't have those big experiences. They just come because they like it. Um, and other people come and they're, you know, wailing and screaming and crying every time when they come out and going, that was brilliant. I can't wait to see you next week. <laughs> so you can have both. Okay. And can you take yourself out of it if you're, yeah. if you're feeling a bit traumatized by your experience 
Yeah, so I mean, there's a few things you can do. So um, often I would recommend if someone was feeling particularly anxious or experiencing panic attacks, anything like that, probably go and try and do a one-to-one with someone because you'll feel a little more safer when someone's just with you um, having that experience. But I have a lot of people come to my little online classes just to experience it. Um, and there's a few things you can do. So first of all, like I'd say, just go much slower than I'm going. So then you don't have that experience um, until your body feels a little more comfortable. But it, it it sounds more scary than it is when you're in it. So you can feel tingling, feel lightheaded. But if you're feeling like quite a lot, too much sensations in your body and you don't like it, you can absolutely just stop. You can breathe through your nose. It's kind of like putting the brakes on a bit. And I even tell people, you know, you're in the experience when you're lying down doing this. But often you can just, if you really don't like it, just open your eyes, sit up, look around. Like that will just reorientate you back in your body. It's just usually you've got your headphones on, you've got an eye mask and you're lying down. You kind of feel really in the experience, but you can come out of that uh, by just doing those little things. I suppose just like waking up from sleep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like you're just kind of in a dream. It feels quite dreamy when you're in it. Interesting. And so the breathing is done through the mouth now that this is completely foreign to me because anything I've ever learned is that you should be breathing through your nose so much so that like a lot of experts are saying you know when you're going to sleep you should be like taping your mouth that kind of stuff and that's all absolutely true and that's all absolutely things we should be doing um because we do not want to breathe through our mouth day to day but even actually a lot of these experts in terms of like um you know one of the big applications of that is Peter McKeown or sorry what's his name McKeown sorry, I'm blanking on his name. Um, He's the Batiko breathing guy in Ireland um, who does all the mouth taping stuff. So he still is an advocate of this type of breathwork, but like in in small doses, as in you come into active breathwork and you breathe through your mouth for this period of time and then you go back to nose breathing. So it's not something you want to be doing all, all day in any way. But, you know, to have these kind of bigger experiences, if you're just doing it through your nose, you're probably not going to have the experience that you need because it comes down to a surface area thing like ah versus you your little nostril oxygen in basically is it yeah yeah exactly and that's the thing you're just going to get much more air coming in um and to be able to have these kind of experiences but as soon as you're finished we want to go back to nose breathing that's this is not a day-to-day thing um that you want to be doing but to have these experiences it's kind of helpful but there are things like um and as well if someone is quite anxious but is in- curious about this but anxious there is, I, I, most people may have heard of like Wim Hof breathing and Wim Hof breathing you can do for like five minutes. And in the same way of what it's doing in your body in terms of activating your nervous system, it's a little five minute practice that you do with some breath holds. Um, there's a really good video on YouTube with, um, I'm blanking on everyone's names today, um, uh, Huberman, you know, the Huberman lab, Huber, Huberman, um, the Huberman lab if you look it up on YouTube and Wim Hof he has a little video just a little explainer of how to do it if someone wants to try that experience without having it doesn't have to be this big overwhelming experience with all your emotions now there may be a time in your life where you're ready and want to try that but there's other ways of experience active breath work without having it to be these kind of big um, intense experiences as well and what's the Wim Hof breathing is it similar is it like breathing in through the mouth as well like fat like it's not it's it's slightly different in the i would still put it in the category of active breath work because what my definition of it would be slow breathing slows your parasympathetic nervous system you're calming your nervous system active breath work activates your nervous system so the wim hof is done through the nose but you 
you do it um, over and over through the nose and out the mouth, um, but your inhales are longer than your exhales. So that's just a, a slightly milder version, but it's, you're definitely getting the nervous system benefits from it of, of training your nervous system to be okay with stress, which a lot of what this comes down to when you do active breath work kind of more regularly, this is what you'll find in your day-to-day life. A lot of the studies will show as well is that people's uh, threshold to stress changes. You're more okay in stressful situations than you may not have been. So there's ways of doing active breath work without having to have the big emotional psychedelic experience, you know, until you're ready. Um, So there's ways of doing it um, to get kind of some of the health benefits from it. I'm absolutely fascinated because I don't know anything about this. I just haven't had time. I've been so stressed. Obviously, I need. But actually, what I, do, I want to get a little bit more into obviously the the science behind it and the benefits in general, like you know, so we can kind of define clear benefits. Mm-hmm. Before we do that, I just wanted to kind of um, ask you about some of the things that would hold me back a little bit yes. in relation to this. So. As I've mentioned there before, I would have suffered from chronic anxiety. Like it was actually kind of diagnosed as panic disorder at the time. Now, this is yeah. back when I was 21. So it's a long time ago now. But I still can vividly remember the suffocating panic attacks. Mm-hmm. So that feel like and I remember like when I was working with a therapist at the time and she was trying to get me to do breathing exercises and I couldn't like I, mm. I physically could not because I found I it, like doing the breathing exercises made me lightheaded, which then mm-hmm. led me to panic. So it's funny, I've, like all these years later, you're talking about these experiences and I'm like, I, like, I want the benefits from it. But there's a part of me that's fearful. I'm like, mm-hmm. will that trigger a panic attack? Is, yes. Will that trigger my anxiety back or is it going to help to heal it? That would be my question. Yeah, it is a little bit of a catch-22 on this. And if someone is, you know, screens a lot of panic, but is curious about this, there is a time for that. And it may not be now. Um, Slow breathing might be the thing to do to start to rebalance your nervous system until you're ready for something a little bit more. But like I said, something like the five minute Wim Hof won't necessarily do that. Well, the thing. Okay, so here's the thing. When we was like, it touches on what we were talking about earlier on about live, you know, that fear, like moving from fear. And when we are afraid of parts of our body and we're afraid of things that can arise in our body, that is not trusting ourselves. And it's not trusting ourselves because there's a part of us that we don't want to see, or there's a part of us we're trying to keep hidden or locked away and that is you know there's not a reason to do breath work but it's a reason one of the things that I discovered from doing a lot of this work was can I keep going a little bit deeper and deeper into my fear because the thing about it is it's not necessarily that it will trigger a panic attack because the way we breathe is very deeply um so you know we're really breathing quite deeply so you're likely necessarily going to create a panic attack but what will arise is your past experiences of panic and that's what a lot of people want to avoid and I completely 100% because what may happen is if we're holding on to fear in our body based on previous experiences there's a good chance that 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 experience and that emotion that we're still holding tightly on potentially for 20 years could come to the surface and we'll feel it again so someone um someone quite close to would have used to experience panic attacks and she used to experience it in terms of um, heart palpitations. Yeah. And she hadn't had a, anything like that for at least 10 years. But 
when she was doing breathwork and she'd been doing breathwork for a while but she came out of it one time and said oh my god I just started the feeling started coming back like I hadn't had them for 10 years I started getting the heart palpitations and I really freaked out going oh my god I think I'm gonna have a panic attack um and she didn't and she came out of it and she realized afterwards she goes oh man that was just the remnants of my panic coming back the fear of that ever happening again that she experienced during breathwork now again it's a real catch-22 thing because we don't necessarily want to experience that but there's potentially things we're holding on to that affects our day-to-day life now in terms of movement you know making decisions from fear because there's still fear trapped in our body so like I said there's a definitely a time and a place for something like this and it's not for everyone now but you know what is interesting if we jump to some of the research is that this it's so annoying because this this type of breathing is so effective for people with anxiety but then the people with anxiety potentially don't want to try it because of the fear of what might be there for them so even there's like um, a research lab in Australia that um, they're a bunch of psychiatrists and they do this technique with people with anxiety and depression. And, you know, they're finding even just from one session and they would do one to one, one, one to one session um, with people with depression, and anxiety that, you know, even after one session that their mental clarity improving, that they're prof- they're feeling profound states of relaxation and well-being that they never experienced before. There's studies like um, like, for example, one of the studies in Yale a couple of years ago, they looked at people doing active breath work, uh, mindfulness meditation. And then I think the last one was emotional intelligence course. They sent people on these three, three different things and the active breath work came out on top in terms of um, all these the impacts in terms of scores in in terms of lowering depression scores, um, lowering stress scores increasing mindfulness which is funny because it was even better than the mindfulness meditation of being more feeling more mindful increasing people's positive mood so they're having more positive emotions and what i love this one is increasing their feeling of social connection which you know even from nothing changing in their lives except doing active breath work they feel more connected to others um so that's just one study there's other studies like there's one study that's like a review of 50 research studies. So it's a review of all the research studies done in this area um, showing improving emotional regulation, uh, lower again, lowering depression scores and, and anxiety scores and also decreasing cortisol in the body. So these are just some of the research studies that show how effective this practice can be. But sometimes we're a little apprehensive of going into it. Now, I do think there's ways of doing this. Um, like I said, there's a lot of people who do my classes who would have experience with anxiety. But once you start coming in and experiencing it, let's say the really, really slow version. So I would always tell people just to reach out to me and say, hey, look, I've got anxiety or panic. What can I do differently? And I'll give you something different to do. You may just do it to your nose for the first five times you do it. So don't even do them out. You're not going to have that experience. But your body can start getting used to how it feels because often what we're afraid of is what we're going to feel. Whereas if we kind of do that slowly and then we finally kind of build up a kind of tolerance to it in some way um, or just kind of an acceptance of going, you know what, it's not that bad. It might sound a little scarier than it actually is when you're doing it yourself. Do you know, when you were talking, like there's so much to unpack there, but when you were talking <laughs> about... Um, about yeah just get that yeah my, being afraid to experience those feelings and mm. that, that tapping into it like I actually felt really emotional when you were talking mm. about it and I'm like 
there's probably a lot of unresolved. Yeah, I've worked through a, a lot over the years, you know, and I've, mm. you know, I've changed a lot. But there is probably still that little bit of fear there that I yeah. need to release and that I need to mm. face. And yeah, and we have to be ready for that. And that's yeah. the thing. Like it might have been many years ago, but maybe you're feeling that now. And like I said, there's always a time and a place for it. Exactly. Um, like when you're in the midst in the midst of panic, mm. like, you know, and, and yeah, panic, that you, panic attacks. I would not recommend to just yeah. go deeper into your panic if you're in the yeah. midst of it. It's just like no. And actually, you know, even the idea of therapy and this is a really hot, really good combination as well, because yeah. therapy helps us talk about our fears and what's going on in the body. And this almost takes it from a different angle because we're just you know exploring the body and I heard someone describe breathwork recently and I loved it. it was having a deep conversation a deep and honest conversation with our body like if we're afraid of ourselves in some way that's not possible because we're not being honest and we're not being we're not looking at ourselves deeply and going it's okay I'm not afraid of you um and I think there's a time and I know that was a big one for me as well and I I remember the time when I was like I don't think I'm I don't think there's anything here I'm afraid of anymore now not to say I don't have stress and anxiety and things that come up and down but you know we're human but I definitely feel I got to a stage where you know because I think we're always afraid of oh what's there that I've never seen or what's it it almost sounds could be bigger than it is and I definitely got to a stage and after many years of doing this kind of practice I've been like I I think I've got to them now even if there's more I think I'm still comfortable with exploring it, you know. It's like you can trust yourself 100% yes. now. Whereas yeah. I think there's probably still, a, like, you know, I've had a lot of, you know, positive stress in my life in recent years, but that when I get really stressed, I feel little twinges of, you know, yeah. of not panic, but anxiety kind of rising, which I know is a bit normal as well. But mm. I think there's a part of me there that I probably need to face where I'm still like, could this come back full blown? you know of course and that's a really you know that's a very normal reaction to have from having experienced panics a hundred percent but they're probably a big part of you that's like yeah well I already want to I want to get to know myself better and these these parts of us that were yeah. were kind of just you know sellotaping or sellotaping um plastering over a bit being like okay I'll deal with that bit later um and it's just really a lovely experience to kind of come out of something like this going oh that that was okay that wasn't so bad or maybe even if it did feel quite intense you're like I faced it and I'm feeling you know a little stronger now for it yeah amazing um mm. so the science so uh, you were t- so I suppose t- there's two as- aspects I want to talk about here yeah. so first of all the science in relation to what are the benefits what are we benefiting from doing this I know you've got mm. we've kind of talked about it throughout our conversation yeah but like, Let's define like a list of if, if someone's interested in doing active breath work, what mm-hmm. is benefits? What what can they expect to mm-hmm. to experience afterwards? It, so and you know, in a with a scientific kind of side to it. And then also, I'll just say it now before I forget. Mm. What what I know, I know you said there's not that much studies on it, but what is your understanding as a scientist of yeah. what is actually going on inside mm-hmm. our brains when we're doing it? So that's two, that's yeah. a two part one. So <laughs> yeah, I mean the first one is much easier to understand. Um, sorry, explain in terms of a scientific point of view because there's loads of studies. The second one, I'm still shocked that there's not enough studies to you know I can talk about what we think is happening or you know what what's mo- most likely happening. But in terms of the benefits, that's quite well established at this stage. So. As I was mentioning about the mental, so the, the, there's the mental health benefits and the physical benef- 
physical health benefits as well. So, you know, things like decreasing um, anxiety when we're practicing it relatively regularly, it's not something you do need to do every day. So like, you know, I do a six week course and one of the big feedback at the end of six weeks is, oh, I'm not, I don't feel as triggered or I'm not as reactionary or I'm feeling a little slower and not as kind of stressed in my day-to-day life. So that's, you know, and, you know, there's a lot of studies to show stress levels decrease, as I said, cortisol in the body decreasing doing this over time. And then even that idea, and I think this is why people like this type of breathwork so much, because you can like with like slow breathing or general meditation, you need to be doing that from, you know, many months to see an effect like this. You can come to one class and feel profoundly relaxed by the end of it. And that's the big thing that people like coming to it because you're like, it's a Monday night. I'm so stressed after my day. And, you know, in an hour, you're going to feel completely different. And that's, you know, a big draw from from just in case a case of immediately helping you feel more relaxed um so so the mental health benefits you know are are there and kind of obvious then the physical ones also wonderful for your heart health for your lung health um so and you know in general your nervous system health which you know i think that's a big crux of a lot of the stuff we're talking about is your nervous system health so if your nervous system is out of balance. So in terms of just over overactive nervous system, um, you're probably not going to be able to exercise, you know, eat healthy, do any of these things because you're just in survival mode. Um, and in equally, if you're the other way and your nervous system's out of balance, and sometimes we flip extremes, is just being lethargic and just can't do anything and just can't get out of bed and is exhausted all the time. So we often kind of flip from extremes and most of us have imbalanced nervous systems in some way so i feel one of the biggest effects of breath work is balancing an unbalanced nervous system so you know when we it's really helpful to be to go into stress so if we have a big presentation or a big work thing to do we go into our stress and we get it done right but then we want to be able to come back out of it and the problem is we often get stuck there so this type of breath work is really really helpful for rebalancing and re-regulating our nervous system so i think that's the thing that has the biggest effect on you know other things in our lives and making healthy decisions for ourselves when we're not coming from survival which is just you know eat sleep get up, do our things. Um, so we can start making better decisions from us, ourselves when we're feeling a little more balanced. So I think that's uh, that's a one, one of the big ones for me. Yeah, no, I just want to ask you on that as well then, because I don't know, is it just me or I just seem to have noticed that there seems to be a lot more nervous system disorders nowadays as well. I don't know whether it's yeah. in my attention. I just am hearing so many more people being diagnosed with with different things like motor neuron. I, I don't yes. know if that is the same thing, you know, or Parkinson's, things like that just seems to be maybe maybe it's just that I'm getting older and I'm more aware of it. Like, is this something that can I know you can't necessarily prevent a lot of these things are hereditary, but can this kind of help mm-hmm. keep your nervous system as healthy as possible yeah. or are we looking at two different completely different things here no I think I think it's it can be really related like one in really interesting thing is like um uh supporting yourself through a lot of your health issues so one thing one study was looking at um 
cancer patients. So it's not, obviously it's not going to cure your cancer. However, if you are going through chemotherapy and that's really stressful, but you're helping balance your nervous system, the results were just really positive in terms of just feeling better about themselves, feeling more energy to be able to cope through these things that are, are not even nervous system related disorders, but also things like, you know, there are nervous system related disorders that you know, for example, if we're living in our sympathetic nervous system, which is this kind of fight or flight, which again, a lot of us spend too much time in, we're, we're not getting the blood flow that's required to our stomach. We're not getting it to our, our general digestion. So a lot of people have stomach issues when they're too stressed. You know, obviously, you know, people can experience that. So there's a lot of things that can be a shoot off of um, not having a, a balanced nervous system so uh, yeah I mean I hear a lot as well just in terms of people using breathwork just to help calm themselves in the midst of what's going on and I know you know just a lot of times when we have a not balanced nervous system we're less likely to go into um, I mean it's kind of like the Wim Hof thing I don't know if anyone else is familiar with you know the, he does the breathing um, as also the cold water therapy yeah. and this kind of creating stress in our body is really going to help us with fighting infections and things like that because they even had a study on injecting people with e coli um after after they, they were doing wim hof breathing and cold water immersion and being able to fight these infections much easier when we have this kind of healthy stress on our body yeah you're putting deliver it's kind of like exercise i suppose putting deliver yeah. stress on your body to as a practice run for when yeah. you're dealing with with proper stresses like disease and I suppose then like it, it, we're not just talking about neurological um diseases we're talking about mm. general chronic illness really that yeah if we can reduce that stress um which is interesting because is what like you know mindfulness and you know mindful breathing would promote as well is getting out of mm. that fight or flight and get being able to yeah to learn how to re to relax yeah and mindfulness meditation is so helpful and it's something I did for years I think one of the issues I come across a lot and again even for myself when I observe breathwork I'm just no good at doing the same thing every day I'm, I haven't ever been that good at doing a daily practice of meditation or when I did as soon as I felt better I stopped doing it um, and I think a lot of people are in that boat I hear loads of people saying oh I'm not a good I can't meditate it's too hard I don't want to do it what's nice about breathwork is it's it, it can be that we can we can do it once or twice a week or if you want to do a daily practice you're going to feel the effects much quicker it really helps people do it like I love like relaxing breathing but then sometimes I'm like oh my mind has um, drifted oh, I'm talking I'm doing the shopping list in my head and I'm bringing myself back where you know yeah. that it's harder to stay focused particularly when you're doing it by yourself I find it easier in a yoga class but yeah you're to do it at home the, the relaxing breathing. Yeah, if you're feeling anxious and you go to meditate and you start realizing how crazy your mind is, like you don't, don't want to sit and just go, oh, I didn't even realize how stressed I was until I sat down. Um, so I think a lot of people do avoid it for those reasons as well. Uh, what's nice about the active breath work is you're focusing on breathing. It's like going to, it's like exercise. You know, exercise does the same thing to the body in a lot of ways. That's why you can feel really great after exercise. In the same way, you may feel great after active breath work. You know, you're focusing on the breathing. You're changing the physiology of your body, um, and you're going to feel that effect. You know, quite quickly afterwards. So what's happening in exactly do we know? I know you said there's not a lot of studies when mm. we're actually doing it. Carbon dioxide, oxygen, what's going mm -hmm. on? 
So um, one of the things you may assume from, oh, I'm breathing in more than normal, like you know, breathe in, <gasps> you know, we're over oxygenating our body. And I've been to breathwork classes when they say that. And I'm like, mm, that's not actually what's happening. <laughs> so it sounds like we may be over oxygenating our body and sending all this oxygen to our brain. Um, but breathing in more doesn't really increase our oxygen capacity that much. It's already quite high in our body. Uh, but you'll, you'll increase it a little bit. What's actually happening is you're lowering your carbon dioxide in your body by breathing like this. And lowering carbon dioxide basically just slows down the flow of the um, oxygen around your body. So what, what is most likely, um, you know, 95% sure is happening in the brain is actually you're slowing down the oxygen to certain parts of your brain. And I think this is why one of the big you know, benefits of breathwork can be quietening in a busy mind because often I'm an overthinker so I know when I brew breathwork my mind's going to quieten and um, we're actually slowing down some of the blood flow of oxygen in certain areas of brain that's why we can feel it can feel trippy and hallucinogenic it's you know affecting our visual cortex in the brain and um, it's also affecting our limbic system which is responsible for our emotions this is why we can have these emotional experiences as well we hold a lot of in our in our body so that's most likely what's happening. There's another part of our brain that is um, very linked, or it's not even linked, it's just directly correlated with um, uh, attention and focus. And we know when we breathe in certain ways, we're actually increasing our focus and attention. So after you do breath work, you're much more laser focused than you may have been before. Um, in terms of oxygen and CO2 in the body, again, you're reducing your CO2 in the body that's why you're going to feel these tingling and sensations and lightheadedness um, when your muscles are kind of lower in carbon dioxide you can feel tightness in your in your body in your hands sometimes your face can feel a little numb um, and that's just all a reduced carbon dioxide in the body um, and that's essentially what we know is happening um, from a, a more I don't know, esoteric point of view people have these amazing godlike experiences and we're like you know in the same way that it's probably similar to having a psychedelic experience which you know can feel like you know you just opening our eyes to reality or kind of you know having these godlike experiences we can also have them in uh breathwork which we you know really can't really explain exactly what's happening except quietening a judgment judgmental and critical mind and kind of accessing these you know uh parts of our body that kind of hold a little bit more wisdom for us in terms of knowing ourselves and our intuitive voice but it's very hard to create a study around that it's fascinating because like you know like people are talking about that they have such a spiritual experience and that you know yoga in general and meditation and breath work is like you know it's very much associated with spirituality and it's so interesting then to hear you talk to talk about active breath work and to talk about mm. it in a scientific point of view as well because to me it's the same science and spirituality is the same thing everything's yes. explained the same or explained differently but it's everyone's trying to discover the same thing whether it's the universe whether it's god whether mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it so like when you're talking about this breath work and you know like find discovering reconnecting with your true self let's say as yeah. you might describe it and really getting this intuition to you know of what they need to do with their lives you know mm. life-changing experiences or you know that you say have parallels with psychedelic experiences but probably what we're doing is like you said we're slowing down that constant monkey mind that we're always living yeah. in 
and we're tapping into a different part of our brain to experience things right there that we that we're just mm-hmm. we can't hear because we're so busy in our yeah front part of our brain. And a lot of time what I feel as well it's so interesting because like what we know what what what's potentially the research can show and I'm like I don't really mind if it's if it's my subconscious mind, if it's my intuitive voice, or if it's some godlike thing, like, I don't really care. Not that I don't care. I think it'd be interesting. It's very hard to figure that out. But, you know, we can still tap in and feel it. Like, it's that's pretty amazing thing. to me. Yeah, to me, I'm like, it doesn't matter, yeah. what we call it, it, it doesn't really matter. But when we feel that connection, yeah, it, like, it's the like, same. Like, you have people will come out of this and being like, oh my God, I just had a past life experience. I've just experience myself in this past life okay is it a past life experience is or is it your subconscious you know explaining something to you like in a dream so you can understand and release some emotion your health like i don't mind like past life sounds awesome that would be cool but if it's the other thing i'm okay with that too as long as i'm feeling like i've kind of moved through something or integrated something i didn't understand about myself um that's cool i mean there's a type of breath work called rebirthing and the whole idea is that like you have a rebirthing experience of your own birth like that's insane to me and like in a lot of ways i would see that before i started breath work going yeah that's not for me that's a bit woo woo but then once i did it and also looked at the research and like i'm, I'm okay with it being whatever people want it to be as long as it's helpful yeah, and this is the problem with humans, it's just having to put labels on everything and having to polarize absolutely <laughs> everything. Is it science? Is it spirituality? Is it this? Is it, you know, everything has to be different. But I think that we're all here for a reason, you know? So we're mm-hmm. all, uh, like, we, none of us were born by accident. We, we're all here for a reason. We have a purpose in life. And I think that tapping into that area of our brain or, you know, mm-hmm. tapping into that area of our spirituality is so important to be able to yeah. discover who we really are instead of yeah. because a lot of life is quite reactionary and we become who we are because of our parents because of the yeah. how people treated us when we were kids like and then so then we build up this kind of view of the world from usually mm-hmm. from our childhood yeah. so just having that. these opportunities to stop and connect with ourselves deeply yeah. like like i said having this deep conversation with yeah. yourself yeah like yeah. this is like the idea of purpose and things like that like i do think over time i've realized my purpose isn't defined as one thing i think yeah. i enjoy change and experimentation that's part of my purpose but i know when i was started was doing breathwork and i used to go to breathwork because i was transitioning I you know not an academic anymore but wasn't sure what my next move was I'm like what should I do and go in with these questions into breathwork and I would get these kind of feelings of these answers like it really did feel like the psychedelic I mean the psychedelic experiences were similar in that way of feeling like someone's talking to you whether it's me or God I don't know but like um like I'm not even a really I'm not a religious person in any way but it almost feels like there was some kind of conversation happening of you know, you love breath work, just keep doing the breath. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm just going to keep breathing until my purpose comes. And then I had this moment one day where I was like, no, you love this. Like, you love this. And one of the things I that always stayed with me, I went to this, this talk when I was still in academia, but thinking about leaving. And I went to this talk of this life coach um, who was talking about purpose and finding your meaning and things like that. And she said, you know, if you were locked in a bookshop overnight, what and just had to stay there you knew you weren't going to be in there for 12 hours what what areas of the bookshop would you be drawn to and I remember going well it's definitely not I wouldn't be sitting in neuroscience I knew that I just I had this light bulb going 
I know, isn't amazing. And what I realized I would be sitting in, I'd be sitting in the self-help section. I'd be sitting in the psychology. And I, I was like, I'd be over there. But this was a good two or three years before I left academia. But I remember thinking, but I can't do that. I'm not going back to college and training to be a therapist or whatever I thought maybe was interesting to me. But I, I decided that wasn't, you know, accessible to me anymore but it's so interesting how life evolved and then suddenly I was teaching breathwork and not that I not that but you know it's still you know that area that I love so much is like oh wow I suddenly was actually working in it I didn't even realize because I just kept following that kind of purpose um question um so that's a really nice way of just kind of stopping and reevaluating what's important to you and also just because you connect with yourself and kind of go oh, I really love this thing, but your critical mind's going to come in and go, you can't, you can't afford to go back to college, you got a mortgage, you know, and a lot of time that stops us. But what's really interesting about breathwork, it gives us a time limit of a quiet mind where you can dream and explore. And I think for me, I dreamt and explored for months just in breathwork, not really thinking it was something I was going to train in or anything like that. But by the end of it, I was like, no, I think I can do this. It's quite interesting. So I think I gave myself some space to do it. Um, I balanced my nervous system and I wasn't in panic mode anymore. And actually you can make bigger, you can make bigger jumps and decisions, I think, when you're not in survival mode anymore. Um, so I think that was part of it. Yeah. Oh my God, I could literally talk to you for another hour. Um, would you come on at some stage for a part two? Because yeah. I would love to talk about psychedelics um, oh my god we can do a whole one on that yeah, <laughs> because I'm going to talk to you now off air about um starting a little bit of this breath work so like you know we could talk about yes. my experience and stuff um it, it, we could brilliant come part two would be amazing oh my gosh that would be yeah. wonderful exactly yeah. you as the test subject brilliant <laughs> um, so before we finish up just if someone is if someone is like me and be like oh my god I need to try this mm-hmm. where can they find you what do you do is a group is it one-to-one online is it in person where are you based all of those kind of details yes so um breathwork coaching is um at breathwork coaching on instagram and breathworkcoaching.com is my website i do the best way to try it um is to do my monday night drop-in class i do a monday night drop-in class for one hour and um it's at eight o'clock and it's a good way to come along and try it It's, it's online um if you're feeling anxious or nervous email me first or just send me a message on Instagram and tell me that. And even when you sign up, there's an area to put some information in and I will give you some alternatives to try um, that you don't have to dive in if you're feeling particularly nervous. I also do a six week course. Um, Probably won't be starting until October, I think. I usually do a few a year and that's just a way of really getting to know this particular technique. Again, that's online. Um, I don't currently do one-to-ones, unfortunately. I had... um, a baby last year he's one now but I mean it's just time it's time at the moment and I haven't got back to doing one-to-ones but I often do one-to-one programs with people which I will get back into eventually um you know to go a little deeper into what you you specifically are interested in doing breathwork for and we actually kind of tailor the breathwork um for for what you're looking for so again I'm not doing them at the moment uh but I do have a membership platform where we do um uh monthly members only um 
workshops about breathwork and we have particular themes that we look at, whether it's self-trust or, um, you know, stress management, all these different things. I have um, guest speakers who come on as well and do kind of sessions. We have a really cool person coming on this month to talk about angels um, because I don't know anything about that. So she's going to talk about angel healing um, and then we'll have someone doing yoga another time. So we'll do other complimentary things. So and I have a bank of um, shorter active breathwork sessions you can do um, if you sign up to member studio because you can do like 10 minutes of active breath work it doesn't have to be this big experience and you have a lot of people... classes with um with the membership so like yeah classes a week are there oh yes there's still only this the monday one is the only live one i do a week yeah. and then it's recorded however and um, we do the monthly ones are always on a different day i my most likely on a sunday morning um and then the recordings people tend tend to do later if they've been doing breath work for a while but uh reach out to me if um if you have any other questions on that amazing okay last question i'm going to really yes. put you on the spot before we finish up what does the word health mean to you oh what oh god you know what it's really changed since i had a baby yeah like being able to pick him up i'm 41 like being able to pick him up being able to feel so free in my body is like you know has just completely changed like you mentioned earlier it used to just be about physical appearance and it's completely changed it's about feeling strong it's about feeling knowing myself and again it's like almost feels kind of like you know esoteric in some ways but just being strong in my body knowing myself deeply and then being as strong as I can in my body and how I treat myself that's just evolved so much over the last year it's crazy it's like a whole other experience that like I just love exercise and weights now that I never thought I would but it's it's about being strong for him um which has just completely changed because it's all about us and how we look or something I would never do it I just oh, I couldn't be bothered um so yeah I mean I'm not sure if that answers the question but, it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it becomes just this stronger kind of sense of why of you know having yeah. a why I want to be 80 and I want to be able to walk down the beach like I just have this new sense of what I want health to be for me that is so different than it used to be and I'm so glad because it motivates me um to do the things I never wanted to do you know past a year ago amazing and in our part two we can talk a little bit about parenting as well and yeah becoming a mother and yeah childbirth and all yeah oh my god we could go into so I had an insane like my stress levels went so sky high after I had him and breath work being so helpful to come back to myself after that initial newborn shit show <laughs> okay everyone stay part, stay tuned for part two it won't be up in the next episode but we're going to organize it as soon as we get off yeah. air and it'll definitely be coming soon uh, Kathy, thank you so much for coming on today no, I, like, i've really enjoyed okay. every minute of this conversation i've literally like oh, me too. mouth open child like <laughs> information brilliant thank you you so much for listening and I really hope that you enjoyed the episode and you got as much out of it as I did so before I finish up I just want to say a few quick words on my eight-week nourish move and shine program so the nourish move and shine program is group coaching specifically designed for busy ladies so busy mums busy professionals a mix of both um with individual check-ins each week it has all the perks of the one-to-one coaching with the support and atmosphere and community of the group coaching so it really is win-win um, so I'm a busy working mum of three myself 
So I know the challenges that you face. I know how difficult it can be to make time for yourself. Sometimes it can feel impossible. So um, I do get it. Um, it is suitable for anyone who wants to make healthy changes to their lives. So anyone from beginners to people looking for a reset and a re- refocus. It's not a restrictive diet. You won't get a meal plan. I don't believe in meal plans. And it's about making small changes gradually to build the foundations for lasting change. So what's included? Personalized calories and hand portions, food lists, step goals, at home or gym based workouts, whichever you prefer, you'll have four work workout programs to choose from. Mindset work, which is a huge, important part of the program, which I think sets it apart from a lot of programs out there. And um, you will have app access. You'll be in a WhatsApp group for support, which is always a fantastic resource and um, great community. One to one support through email and WhatsApp. So you'll have access to me one to one on WhatsApp and um, and email as well. Fun challenges throughout the eight weeks, measurements and progress checks every four weeks. We don't take our weight or measurements or photos every week. We do it every four weeks because who has time to be doing it every week? And I don't think that it's particularly beneficial to be doing it every single week. But you will have your weekly check in form to fill out and you will hear back from me individually every week. So there is no hiding from me and uh, there's no hiding in this program but you will always be met, met with kindness understanding and never judgment I don't take that drill sergeant approach but I'm very much kind of solution orientated and will help guide you for the week ahead to overcome whatever obstacles you're facing to reach your goals so if you're interested contact me on any of my social media um, Instagram TikTok Facebook, Kate Hamilton Health. There's a link in the bio of each of those pages as well where you can actually sign up and um, you can also do so on my website, which is katehamiltonhealth.com. So it runs every eight weeks throughout the year. So then as I'm recording this, we are going into the current one on the 10th of July, but there will also be a program starting early September and again in late October. So there'll be there'll be two more programs after the so there'll be July, September, and end of October will be the last for this year, and we will have more in the new year then again also. So I will chat to you all again soon.